Hi, I'm Taku and I've spent over 10 years telling my stories to thousands of kids across Australia. Now, I'm making my first kids TV show, but here's the thing. I don't have a lot of money. I've never made TV before. Please explain. And I've never even been to film school. Yeah, I know. It sounds ridiculous, but that's why I'm doing this podcast. You'll hear how I'm working with the best in the business, how I'm finding the money, and all the behind-the-scenes stuff no one tells you about. This is Two Words with Taku. Let's learn this making TV thing together. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. I have been having some amazing conversations with people and you'll keep hearing more interviews as the show progresses with people who are pretty amazing, talented and kind. They just are so open with sharing their knowledge and experience uh, because I I think they want to see us win as well. So in the last episode, we were talking to John Armstrong about writing and putting together a story Bible once you've got an idea for your TV show or your concept. Um, But the other thing that I've had to be looking at is, oh gosh, I'm going to have to become a producer. And in fact, that is what I've done. I've set up a production company because as I was starting to put together the idea for the show, I realized, oh my gosh, I need to pull the strings of working out who I want to work with and especially in this development stage um, when you're working with writers or other people you've got to pay them and I've had a couple of businesses over the last 10-12 years but for this TV stuff I realized that I wanted to to create a separate entity a separate company that could help me just uh, deal with the TV stuff just on, on its own. And so in this episode, I have invited Meg O'Connell to discuss what being a producer is really like, because you hear the term producer, producer, and, you know, that could mean a music producer, that could mean a TV producer, it could be uh, someone who grows vegetables, I think. Yeah, producer. Uh, anyways, you get the idea. But in this context, we're talking about a TV producer. And I'll just talk about how I, why I wanted to be a producer is because I also wanted to have a bit more agency about how the show is made. So I talked about how I wrote this picture book. I sat in a room with, with John and a couple of other writers and we developed a concept which is now, it's a teen drama series. But part of the vision for the show is, you know, seeing it made a certain way, um, you know, having a say in who's part of the creative team, all of these things were things that were important to me I didn't feel like I wanted to just write the story and then give it away to another company I felt like I wanted to have a bit more hands-on influence in terms of putting things together now mind you I'm just a small little production company and I'm still a very very new producer I've never actually made tv before but the vision is to then become a producer who can make lots of stories of my own but then those of other people but you know what does a producer do what does that actually mean what does that 
title mean? What is a producer? If you've ever watched TV and the credits, you see it all the time. There's an executive producer, then there's a script producer, then there's another producer, and then there's associate producer. I mean, there's so many different titles. And so in this episode, like I mentioned before, um, I've invited Meg O'Connell to talk to us about what it's like being a producer, but also what it's like working with kids. And so I'll tell you a little bit about Meg, and this is from her official bio as well. Meg is an International Emmy Award-winning producer. In the past year, she produced two digital series, Robbie Hood for SBS On Demand and Content for ABC iView. Both series have been nominated for Actor Awards. Content is a digital series set entirely on a mobile phone and is the first of its kind to be made in Australia. Meg also produced the International Emmy Award, Spa Award-winning and Actor-nominated ABC Me show, Doodles, for Ludo Studio. And she was also the development manager on Ludo Studios series Bluey. Now, if you have not seen Bluey, it is the cutest cartoon ever. It's this little blue healer dog. Please Google it and have a look. It is just so cute. And the reason why I invited Meg on the show is because I met Meg at a screen producers conference last year. And the the conference is called Screen Forever. So it's when I think it's almost 800 screen producers, TV producers from all around Australia and sometimes international guests. They all meet in Melbourne and they have a conference. You know, conferences are conferences, lanyards, um, coffees, biscuits, you know, all that conferency stuff. But it's all about TV. And when I was there, I don't even remember how we met, but I, I remember looking at her and I just liked her vibe because she just um, she just looked friendly and we just started chatting and then I found out she was from Ludo Studio and I'd been following their work because they do a lot of um, creative stuff with kids TV and animation and things like that and when I had my picture book um, one of the ideas was oh how can I animate this show and this series and so Meg and I hit it off and we sat together in a couple of sessions at the conference and then afterwards when I realized how much she'd done I said to her look I'm trying to make tv as well is it okay if I pick your brain and she said yeah oh my gosh of course you can call me anytime email me anytime and then yeah we stayed in touch over email you know in the last year or so and I just found her really so open to to helping me she really just genuinely wanted to help and that's why I thought, oh, it should be great to have on the interview because she can talk about what her work is and what she does. And so here is Meg O'Connell. Okay, so Meg, tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Uh, okay, so I'm a television producer and I've been working in the industry for about five years. I started in documentary. Uh, although before that I was in radio actually uh, and uh, a big fan of podcasts and community radio so sort of came in a little bit um, at that angle in media with the assistant radio manager assistant manager sorry at the radio station 2XX in Canberra for a couple of years Um, yeah Um, mm -hmm. and then yeah I studied law actually so I didn't study film and at law school I kind of did some uh theatre stuff and was a, a writer and director and producer on the law review and the arts review. I don't know, you know, the reviews that they kind of do on our campuses where it's like musical numbers and you sort of rewrite the lyrics to famous musical songs basically mm-hmm. and then just mm-hmm. um, 
put them alongside sketches that you write. And so, yeah, it's kind of like uh, a sketch show, essentially. So I was doing that and doing, always did that kind of thing and uh, at university. And then when I graduated, I kind of didn't want to go into law and I wasn't sure exactly what to do. And uh, I put on like a live event with a friend of mine once a month in Canberra um, called In Canberra Tonight. And it was sort of this like glitzy mm-hmm. t- live talk show that was like pretty trashy, but actually had really high caliber guests and was in really beautiful venues like the Portrait Gallery and Old Parliament House and Parliament House. <laughs> so it was like this very um, funny contrast. Um, and so was doing that for about 18 months and a uh, job came up as a production manager at Wild Bear Entertainment, which is a documentary film company in, yeah, based in Canberra, but they have offices in Sydney and Brisbane as well. And just mm-hmm. went for it and uh, started working for them. And they sort of said, the woman who interviewed me had been to the show, the live show, and she said, if you can do that, you can work in TV, which I think is pretty generous, actually. Uh, I often, yeah. yeah, I often kind of wonder if I was interviewing someone now, would I have the same view? Um, and I'm still, yeah, really grateful to her for seeing that that talent was transferable because it is in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And and in what ways? Might as well jump into. Um, yeah, what would you say well, is transferable? Managing people and managing budgets and. Mm-hmm schedules and at that stage it probably wasn't super creative so um but like even if it was as in the um the role that I had production coordinator for a documentary company um because a lot of the creative is obviously run by the EPs and the producers and the directors so you're doing a lot of the Mm -hmm. just the sort of facilitating work that needs to happen underneath um but it's, it's pretty similar. I mean, like you're contracting, you're um, paying people, you're putting together um, shoot schedules and um, budgets and paying per diems and uh, mm-hmm. like delivering a project. And well, in some ways, I think um, like theatre is more like because you can kind of only do it once. It feels a little bit more mm-hmm. like a shoot maybe. But I was never on set when I was working in documentary. I was just, you know, in the office kind of doing production work there. But maybe if I'd mm-hmm. um, maybe if I'd been to a shoot in that period, I would have seen how similar it, it actually can be. Because really, when you like go live, you're going live um, in theater and in um, live events, and it's pretty similar when you're shooting. I mean, you like you've only got so much time that you need to capture everything in, uh, so you're you're kind of under pressure in a similar way, and you're really just like being on a stage, stage managing. You're on a set. Um, Set managing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. To, to go back, so got into documentary for a couple of years and then moved to Brisbane, started doing a, a some study at Griffiths Film School here and then started working for Ludo Studio and then I was with them for three and a half years and I worked on a few different series including Doodles and The Sketchy Show and Bluey, um, The Strange Chores, Robbie Hood and Content were the series I kind of worked on in the last little bit. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing series, by the way. Each one of them. I definitely feel like a fangirl. I think I've said this to you a lot of times, but I I just definitely love the stuff that you make and the different voices of what you Thank make. Thank you. Yeah. And, and um, 
it's it feels similar to how I see and, and feel things. And <laughs> Doodles was the first thing I ever saw. And because I'd written this kid's book, I'd go and uh, into schools and the kids would draw me pictures and so they draw me these pictures and they draw me and I was like what do I do with these pictures and somebody told me about doodles <laughs> and I watched it and I was like oh my gosh who what what is this <laughs> um and so I know I've just cut you off there but I really wanted to find out about doodles like what what sparked that idea was it yours? And then what was production or being a producer on that like? Sure. Because then with, with this one, I can actually link to videos and people can have a look as well. Yeah. So what was it like with so that's, working I on Doodles? I worked on the third series of the third season of Doodles. So it actually had two mm. seasons before I started working at Ludo. So that really, it's all Daily Pearson and Charlie Aspen. Also, it was their idea, the co-founders at Ludo, and they, mm. um, I think they just figured like um kids have the darndest ideas and if you let them mm -hmm. kind of let loose creatively and draw a little picture and come up with an idea for a tiny 15 second episode of a show they're probably going to be better than mm -hmm. adults and i think that's a fair mm -hmm. fair call they we've got the most mm -hmm. like darling drawings from kids they're completely adorable and strange and absurd and surreal um, and so they, along with Benjamin Zag, who's the um, director on the third season, um, yeah, mm -hmm. just developed that idea and started working with different uh, schools around Brisbane to get them to hand in drawings, and but also like obviously had a pretty big online presence. Um, and then I came on for the last season and had a great time doing that with them. And um, production was what was it like gosh that's a it's a few years back now it was um often quite simple because really what you're doing is you're just filming a live action plate so you're just filming mm -hmm. um the background and then the animated yeah. drawing of the that the kid has done will be like in front of that um that plate so it's quite simple uh, it's just yeah. the director often i wasn't there um just then just shooting in his room or at home or um, outside on the street, depending on what it called for. And then mm -hmm. animating the, the drawing and uh, superimposing it kind of onto the image. Um, and then so a lot of it was just managing the schedules and the kids and then um, and making sure it was all kind of ticking along. It, we had another show at the time, which was fairly similar, called The Sketchy Show for Cartoon Network. And that was a little bit more production heavy because it was up mm -hmm. in Brisbane, so I would at least be on set with the director shooting um, the plate, and it was, um, mm -hmm. yeah, but, but very similar. And, and so how is that different to then your latest shows? So you've got content and Robbie Hood, um, which, you know, they're sort of digital online series on iView and SBS On Demand and SBS. And, yeah, so how how is that different now to what you were first doing with, with Yeah, Sandra? so so different, I guess, is the kind of short answer. Um, but also, you know, it's all on a spectrum and I think you learn a lot in those when you're making short form and especially 15-second episode um, shows that can then be translated down the track into longer form stuff. Um, so, I mean, Robbie Hood and Content were both live action, although quite different. Robbie Hood was a co-production with since 1788 Productions, so 
you're kind of splitting a lot of the work there where they were kind of fielding a lot of the creative and we were doing a lot of the sort of more production heavy stuff. We shot in Alice Springs in the summer in 40 degree heat mm. and we had three Ooh. Ooh. three kids mm. as the main characters. So, um, mm-hmm. you Brilliant, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they're completely gorgeous. I love those kids. Oh, Levi Jordan oh, and so Petraea, um, amazing. And they all got on like a house on fire by the end, and they um, they didn't know each other going into it, and then were sudden like then were kind of best mates by the end of the month on set. So oh, amazing! That was lovely, and uh, yeah. So I mean, they're, they're pretty difficult circumstances to shoot under. It was quite a small budget, so and then like I said, summer Alice Springs, and a lot of us had flown in. We're not familiar with the place, so just logistically, you know, you can't just, you don't go home to your bed that night, you know, you're, you're sleeping in a, mo- in a mm-hmm. hotel. And I think we did a really good job uh, of keeping everyone comfortable and happy even in the heat. Um, it certainly has challenges, but it was, um, yeah, a lot of fun. And then content, it's, uh, it's live action, but actually about 70% of it's animated. So the shoot was pretty mm-hmm. short. It was just a two-week shoot. And even then we probably didn't need the whole two weeks. Um, and there's just two actresses, really, some extras, but, like, it's not a huge cast. So yeah. it was a fairly small crew, um, small cast, and we are pretty agile because we're shooting on an iPhone. So really different mm-hmm, to the Robbie mm-hmm. Hood set. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, even how you talk about mixing live action with animation, I'm sure that's a beast in itself. And, oh, gosh, so many questions. Okay, how would you th- how do you think you as a producer – how do you think you've evolved since some of the stuff you've made in the past till now? Well, I think the biggest, the area that my kind of skills have grown the most is probably like managing people and dealing with people. That's mainly what you're doing as a producer really is, is talking a lot, communicating mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. the post-production crew, production crew, the writer, the director, um, the broadcaster, the screen agencies, you're kind of this like fulcrum between all of those different stakeholders um, and you sort of keep the ship afloat by making sure that everyone feels heard and happy and like they're contributing um, and acknowledged. And I think I've definitely evolved as a producer uh, in that sense over the last few years. So I've, I've done like a couple of courses in leadership and read a lot of books about like how to communicate more effectively with people in, and there are many yeah. different ways of doing that, but you know, uh, asking questions more than um, answering questions, or more than talking. So actually listening to mm. what people have to say to you. Um, yeah. Also using silence as a way of um, getting to the heart of an issue or a problem that might be on someone's mind. Often people won't kind of want to. Um, yeah, they'll feel like if you're feeling space that they can kind of get out of saying what they want to say. So if you're just quiet for a while, eventually whatever the problem is will surface, hopefully, ideally. Um, oh, gosh. I, I think I need to know that <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah, that one's a good one. Probably not for podcasting. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think that's wow, probably okay. how I'm – that's the, yeah, the area I'm most proud of changing. In. So, so good. And what about then – Let's talk about kids' TV specifically or making TV for younger audiences. Uh, what do you think 
a producer needs to know about working with children or young people? Well, there's this sort of like logistical stuff, right, which is like um, you need a blue card or whatever. It depends on what state you're in, what colour card you need or what it's called, oh, yeah. an OCA card. Or, uh, the, the working with working children. Working with children, exactly, yeah. yeah. So there's that stuff and there's, you mm-hmm. know, you can only shoot certain amount of hours a day and you need to have a nurse on set and a tutor on set and give them time to do their homework and check in with the school and make sure that they've done um, the work that they need to do or that they have all of the work that they're missing out on while they're on set. You know, you have to talk mm-hmm. a lot with the parents and um, just make sure that they feel safe and supported and happy um, just logistically. Mm-hmm. And like, But then there's the kind of – and also in that <laughs> goes like um, feeding them stuff they like. We had really nice catering on Robbie Hood on the Robbie Hood set. Mm-hmm. It was like this lovely kind of organic – big and whatever and fair and um the kids hated it (laughs) but they only told us like a weekend that they kind of finally had the courage to say like could we just get the mcdonald's we really hate this food (laughs) and i was like oh my gosh i don't have kids i didn't even think about that at all i'm so sorry you poor guys like you you know you just want like plain ham sandwiches or something like they just did not want to be eating the food that we fairy bread exactly so Mm -hmm. just basic stuff like that having the actual food that they like on set rather than giving them adult food um but then there's the more specific stuff which is going to vary kid to kid just like adult to adult but um you know making them feel confident um and that they're as actors that they're capable of doing um the job because you know, we worked with mainly, like, they were all non-actors on Robbie Hood. They'd never acted before. They'd never even been to a set before. Mm-hmm. And it can be really intimidating yeah. going to set for a first time. There's all these people around who seem like they know what they're doing and they've got, like, specific jobs and they're walking with momentum and drive and they're, like, you know, stomping from here to there and holding expensive gear and yelling at each other or at least, you know, shouting yeah. orders. And for a kid, it's kind of like, what is this environment, you know? So just try, I think yeah. Dylan River, who was the director on Robbie Hood, was really incredible at that. He would just explain everything as soon as they arrived. This is this, this is the first AD, um, you know, this is the camera assistant, this is the DP, like just explaining kind of what each person was and, and does and um, making them feel like they were kind of in charge of the set almost, um, just so yeah, that it felt like a yeah. place that they, like a home to them. And it really did by the mm-hmm. end. I mean, I think we achieved that. They were so happy to come every day. They, I think we didn't film one day and they were really disappointed that they weren't shooting. <laughs> we tried to give them... It, it actually looks like it was fun, just from yeah, watching the show. Yeah, it was. And they especially, I mean, they have a lot of fun because you're just like feeding them watermelon and they're resting and then they jump on and save you lines and get off. You know, it's like, it's not terribly um, taxing for them. But... Um, so they would like, you know, ride their BMX bikes in the break and um, like play Uno and just hang out together, which is really lovely. Um, oh, so good. But yeah, just making sure you're aware of the like the, the specific um, skills that each kid has. You know, like do they are they comfortable reading aloud? Maybe they're not. Maybe they don't like to read in front of other people because they um, don't feel confident as readers. But they're fine if you just read the line to them and then they read it back you or they say it back to you um mm-hmm. uh or yeah like maybe they're you know they're skipping over a word or they're not saying a line correctly not because they can't remember that line but because that line feels unnatural to them and they actually know better because they're a 13 year old kid and they're like i would never say that but they're a bit scared of saying yeah. that to the you know director or producer or 
whatever. And so you kind of want to give them the opportunity to just, yeah, to feel heard and to feel like they can bring that stuff up whenever they want. And to basically just say, which Dylan did over and over again, and he was just wonderful about it. He would just say, oh, whatever, just say it, say it any way you like. Like, just, you know, whatever's yeah. comfortable for you. Yeah. So it's basically just that. It's about making them safe and comfortable and happy. Okay, yeah. So I think what's really sticking out from everything you're saying is the relationships, people, people, people. And um, I think that's kind of a good reminder because even with this show, me writing a teen drama series and using language that I think is what they say. Mm. Yeah, I guess being open and flexible to sort of listening to what they say back. But then also, um, you know, earlier on you were talking about just how to – really manage those relationships within the grown-ups as well at the same time. Exactly, so kind yeah. Of, yeah, wear, wear those hats. Um, and, yeah, I think that's really valuable um, feedback because, yeah, sometimes you get caught up. You lose the playfulness as well, I think. Sometimes if I hang out with grown-ups too much, I just lose that <laughs> the playfulness. And then you meet kids who just, yeah, blow your mind away. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is yeah, and they, where their they don't. Are. I mean, as scary as a film set might be, they don't feel like it's um, the, the the prestige in the same way that we do. Or they're they're happy to kind of tear it apart and just go whatever. Like we're just playing, which is true. Like that's yeah. really what it is. Yeah. It's like a bunch of grown ups who are just like paid to go to work to make something for other grown ups to watch or other kids to watch. Like that's really fun and like what a lovely position yeah. to be in. And kids, I think, just yes. really remember that and like it instinctively and don't take it for granted but also don't see it as this very serious thing you know for them it's like no more serious than just playing in the playground together um mm-hmm. and you want to keep that energy on a set you want it to feel like it's generative mm-hmm. and everyone's pitching in and there to enjoy it yeah that's so true and so um what are the things about being a producer that just make you go, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Like everybody has bad work days. So what are the things that drive you nuts or make you pull your hair out or sometimes make you go, I'm done, if anything? Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's so different project to project. It'll, I mean, it'll often be, you know, you spend a lot of your time just putting out spot fires, like someone, uh, you'll think you've cast someone and then the actor pulls out a couple of days before you're shooting um, or oh, yeah. you, I mean, like something like that. You kind of, I mean, that doesn't make you pull your hair out. You just go, okay, I've got to solve that problem in a couple of days. Uh, so that's kind of mm. not the end of the world. But, um, yeah, it, it totally varies. I mean, it's, it's often just there might be like a creative conflict where, one person wants to do something one way and another person wants to do it another way and then just figuring out how your way through that conflict that can often be um, quite difficult and challenging. But then I think, honestly, the main thing that makes me go, do I want to keep doing this or is this for me, is is the workload. So when you're really in the middle of mm-hmm. production or post-production, you know, you're working like sort of 12, 14-hour days and then you go home or you you know you might go in post-production to the office for 10 hours and then go home and you're still watching stuff you're still reading stuff you're still yeah. giving notes um you're kind of on call 24 hours really at, at from that point until you deliver and as really like fun and wonderful and exciting as that is it's occasionally you kind of go oh like I'd really like to see my friends or my partner or like <laughs> um yeah you, you do yeah, you kind of 
you drop out of your normal life for a while. And I think that that can be hard to sustain long term. Yeah, I, I was going to say that your time management skills must be on point. They're very good when I'm, like um, when I'm very <laughs> busy, but I feel like when I'm not busy then, because I'm just used to the constant <laughs> churn, then I'm like, yeah, then I'm like, oh, okay, I can take two hours to hang out the washing. It's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you then rely on, that's that old adage, like give busy people work if you want it done. Um, give work to busy people if you want it done. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, you, your time management skills have to be very good as a producer, I think. <laughs> you must find the same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, um, that's what I'm learning. So you're talking to people, you're sending emails, and then you're writing. And then also because I'm creating the show and writing as well, I, I kind of have to get my brain into the world as yeah. well. And then... And then I'm also working on a novel at the moment. So I have to split that world as well and go, right, okay, we're back into this world. And yeah, it's, it's constant. It's constant. But I I feel like I thrive on it as well. Like you're saying, I just seem to get a, a a buzz and a joy from it. And then in those quieter moments, yes, I'll spend time with the baby and my partner and just kind of. It's that balance. It's trying to remember that, yeah, the the work-life balance stuff, because it can be so addictive. Like it's so fun and it's so all-consuming and it needs you you know it's like this thing that needs you all mm-hmm. the time and it's it's mm-hmm. very easy to let that sort of like eclipse everything else in your life and also I think I've been finding that I uh, I've been hit with the reality that it is work yeah it is a lot of mm-hmm. work so it's one thing to, to be on the outside and go oh I want to make a tv show amazing okay I'm gonna write something and then you know it took me months to finalize that pilot script the pilot episode script and I'm just finding that things also take time. Yeah. So good things take yeah. time as well. Like you can't just whip up a wonderful script. <laughs> in one no. That's in a way, that's what I thought at the beginning. Like, oh, I've got this amazing idea. Bang, bang, bang. It's like, no, actually this takes time and work. And I think I'm definitely getting a, a better appreciation of that. Oh my gosh. Well. Like such a long time. So now all the shows I've ever loved, all the movies I've ever loved, I am going, wow, I have such respect. Yeah, it's hard to make a bad movie or a bad TV show, let alone a good one. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, And then so just sort of last sort of thoughts, what what advice or tips or words of wisdom would you have for young producers coming into the industry? They have ideas. They're not quite sure you know, how to get them made. Yeah, any thoughts around that? I guess new people, I would always just say, like, be brave. Try and be interested in everything you're actually you're making. I mean, you want to be able to cut your teeth on stuff. So um, you, you will have to work on other people's shows. You will have to work on things that you don't love, for sure. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I would just say, like, keep trying. Just That's kind of the only thing that you can control is how often you um, try. And I think in this industry really it's, it's so much of it is about just showing up, just turning up day in, day out, going to the events, going to the, you know, the screen agency um, coffees in the mornings or the AWG night or, um, you know, to screen forever in mm-hmm. Melbourne if you can afford to go for a day. Um, it's about like repeatedly showing up to this stuff so that people know that you're serious mm-hmm. um, and so that they recognize your face. Like half of it really is just that they, remember you because they're like oh yeah you've been kicking around Mm -hmm. for a while you must take this seriously so it's like it's resilience it's showing up it's um, perseverance 
that's like the main game to getting things made. Um, and then like you mm -hmm. said, giving things time, like letting things simmer, um, letting ideas sort of take hold is really important. And I think young producers and young filmmakers probably like want to rush things through very quickly. Um, and there's something to be said mm -hmm. for getting stuff made quickly so that you can learn from your mistakes. But there's also a, a balance with just giving things time to percolate. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. I feel like there's still so much I could ask you. <laughs> well, I'll come back. And maybe that will be... Yeah, <laughs> I think fun. I'd love you to come back because you talked about so many things little things actually not little things sorry you mentioned aspects of your role as a producer but they're they're whole subjects yeah, in themselves <laughs> which so for example con you mentioned contracting and just hearing the word contracting my heart was like oh yes that word again <laughs> um because that that is a thing in itself you True. know and then um you know budgeting that's a whole nother you know thing yeah. so I would love to. I'd love to chat with you um, again uh, about those things as they come up. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having you. me, Taku. Thank you so much. Oh, Meg. Of course. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, so, where can people find you if they want to support your work or if they want to follow you? Are you on social media? I, Do you want to be? I found? would love. <laughs> I would love people to search <laughs> hashtag content TV show, which is the hashtag for the content our TV show called Content, um, you okay. you can um, pretty much, you can find me on Twitter at, um, it's Meg, M-E-G, M-E-G, M-E-H-G, Meg, 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 and would be happy for you guys to send me any questions via Twitter, DM, uh, and yeah, but yeah, look up content, hashtag content TV show, and Robbie Hood, hashtag yes. Robbie Hood TV show. I will put the links and hashtags in the show notes and yes, all the best with everything you're working on at the Thank moment. You. And we'll definitely hear from you again soon. <laughs> Thanks very much. You're listening to Two Words with Taku. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review and recommend the show. I definitely feel like we've only just scratched the surface of what being a producer is really like and sometimes that makes me a bit nervous because I know there's still so much work to to do and so much to learn about but at least as a starter I think Meg has just given us a really good overview of the reality of being a producer. It's a lot of work, it's relationships and really good time management but then it's doable so she seems fine. She seems like a happy person so that really excites me that there's hope I'm not going to go crazy uh, if you enjoy this episode I would love to hear from you please send me an email uh, it's taku at taku.com.au you're welcome to send through feedback questions ideas whatever you want to share with me that would be great and also like Meg said she's happy for you to reach out to her and you know ask her questions directly as well which is pretty good and as always i'll put all the links that we've mentioned in the show notes so that you can have a look yourself and if you have questions there's also lots of information on my website taku.com.au thanks for listening and hope you tune in to the very next episode because this one's about money mm -hmm. that's the important stuff <laughs> <laughs>